Welcome to the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by APT Capital Group, where Kyle and Lalita talk to top experts and seasoned passive investors in the business to help provide clarity and key insights to keep you safe on your journey to financial freedom. Our goal is to help you get educated on how to create passive income for you and your family using real estate as your vehicle. If you enjoy the show, please go to iTunes and leave a rating and written review to help us grow and reach more listeners. Now, here are your hosts, Kyle and Lolita. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast. I'm your co-host, Lolita, also joined by Kyle. Before we get started, please make sure to head over to our website, www.limitless-estates.com, and grab our free Passive Investor's Guide. And if you're interested in learning more about what we do, you can schedule a call with Kyle on our website as well. All right, now let's get into our show. On today's show, we have Bailey Kramer joining us. Bailey, welcome. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? We are doing great. Thanks for being here today. Before we get started, here is a little bit about Bailey. Bailey is a real estate investor, entrepreneur, and podcast host based in Orlando, Florida. He uncovered his passion for real estate investing when he was just 19 years old after reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad in his college dorm. Since then, Bailey has focused on acquiring properties using creative financing strategies and also co-founded Property Dogs, which serves many investors across the nation. So Bailey, let's get into your impressive journey. But first, can you take it from here and tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you currently do? Yeah, absolutely. And and thanks for having me on. So I started, like you mentioned, I got involved in real estate at 19 years old when I was in my college dorm room picked up Rich Dad, Poor Dad, super popular book that I'm sure a lot of the listeners have heard of, and I'm sure a lot of them I've read. And just let the listeners know, right now I'm 21, just turned 21. So I've kind of been involved in real estate for about a year and a half now. And just like you mentioned, I got started from just being curious about entrepreneurship and business. And after reading that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I, I looked them up afterwards, who Robert Kiyosaki was the author. And it said, Robert Kiyosaki worth you know, some crazy amount of money. I think he said like a hundred million dollars. And I was like, wow, how did he do it? Just did some more digging. And I saw that it was through real estate. And at the time I had no idea what that even meant. I just knew that I just want to learn more about it to see if it's something I'm interested in. So from there, I found bigger pockets and I was in full on education mode, as I like to call it and learn, learn, learned, and then went into what I call networking mode, you know, network my butt off. And then fast forward, you know, a year later, finally got my first deal under my my belt. And it's kind of been off to the races since. Awesome. Well, great story. And that's awesome. You got started at a young age, man. I wish I would have gotten started out 19 or 20, even 25. (laughs) What made you pick up Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Yeah. So ever since I could literally remember, I have to give some credit to Shark Tank just for that entrepreneurial spirit and drive. But I've always just been interested in, in starting my own business, being my own boss, just being in charge of my destiny and most importantly, my time. So when I was getting into college, I didn't really know what major to even pick. I knew I wanted to pick something in business. I picked accounting and then I just kept on flopping back and forth between the different majors. I really had no idea what I wanted to do. I was always just seeking some business to start to get me what I wanted. And that's time freedom, money freedom, and just control my life. Okay. And how have the first two years of your you know, entrepreneurial career gone? I'm sure there's been some ups and downs. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, definitely some ups and downs and a lot of learning because real estate is like the whole industry in itself. So just being just starting a business, that's a pretty broad statement of wanting to be an entrepreneur. So 
at first just finding out what real estate investing was. Because when I read the book, like I said, I really had no idea. My family doesn't own any rental property. I didn't really understand all the concepts behind it. So there was a ton of learning and a ton of lessons for sure that were had. And so the education side was one whole thing I had to learn. And then the networking piece was a whole other side of the puzzle that I needed that I didn't have before. Okay. Have you read Robert Kiyosaki's Cashflow Quadrant as well? Yeah, I have. Yeah, that's a book that changed my life. I read both books, but I really love that one as a follow-up. So for any listeners out there that have read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I also suggest, you know, Cashflow Quadrant, which is really, it was really eye-opening for me. So I highly suggest that. So tell us a little bit about your first property that I believe you acquired when you were 20 years old. How did you do it? What were some of the details on that deal? Yeah. So the first deal was back in February of 2021. So a little bit more than a year after I picked up the book, after I first got interested. And that first deal was actually a fix and flip. I purchased it with a partner of mine through networking. So back when I was in the networking mode, I joined a mastermind group, just network, 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 joined Facebook groups. And I actually found a partner in there. But fast forward to the actual deal, it was a fix and flip deal. We bought it for eighty dollars or $85,000. We bought that cash. And we leveraged our network that we had. So the down payment, or actually, you know, the whole lump sum up front came from somebody in his network that he's known previously. And then the other, the rehab money came from somebody in my network through actually our mastermind group. So for that one, bought it for 80 or 85 and fixed it up. We put 35 into it and we're selling it now for about $180,000. So that's kind of the, the first deal that we're, that, we, that we've done. Awesome. And so you bought that when COVID hit. Did that affect any of your delay in getting your first deal? Or did you have any challenges? Even you know earlier in 2021, we're still dealing with some of the effects of it. And then also some increased pricing as far as materials are concerned. Did you have some uh, challenges there? Yeah. I mean, just getting started, I've heard so many people with analysis paralysis and waiting so long for their first deal, and they just got to jump in. So when I was first you know, into it. And I thought I had the education and the network I needed. I wanted a deal like now. I wanted like this second, I wanted to just jump in and get the experience, get the first deal under my belt. But it was just crazy because prices were like skyrocketing. I think they still are. And it was just, it was a confusing time. There's never that perfect time to invest. Obviously the hindsight's twenty twenty, But when I was first getting into it, I was like, wow, the prices just seem ridiculous. As a newbie, does this seem like something I should jump into right now? Should I wait? If I go in now, what asset class should I go for? Because everything was moving fast. And obviously COVID was crazy for everybody in their own sense. But on the investing side, it made it a little bit more complicated, especially for a newbie like me. Yeah. So you focused on a fix and flip for your first deal. Is that the asset class that you've chosen for long-term or are you going to pivot a little bit? Tell us about kind of what your strategy is going forward. At first, I, I was multifamily. I fell in love with multifamily. I like the economies of scale. I really like everything about the asset class. It's just after that year went by, I was like, okay, I'm doing a lot of talking. I'm doing a lot of learning. I need to just get this going. And, and then the partner I met as well has a lot of experience in single family. So that's what we've been focusing on the most. We started again with that fix and flip. We've been using also creative finance strategies like seller financing and subject to. And then we're also moving into Airbnbs as well. So I think Airbnbs is what I want to get into more of. I just think that they're pretty cool and like the cash flow from it. 
Okay. What other things that made you maybe pivot to those types of asset classes versus a, a multifamily? Yeah. For just getting started, like just the sheer numbers of it, there's more single family properties out there. You can typically get them quicker than a large property. The due diligence period on a single family is a lot less intense than a hundred unit apartment complex. Also, the sophistication of owner is a little bit different. So we're going for subject to creative finance and these cash deals. They're just sometimes could be a little bit different in the type of owner in, in those asset classes. And ultimately, I wanted something that I could just get my feet wet and move a little bit faster. So I've done you know a dozen transactions so far, and I've learned something different from each of those transactions. Now, could I have been making more money or spent less time if I just got one 20 unit? Potentially. But for someone like me who just wanted really experience first and foremost, that was kind of the best route. And that's kind of why I chose that route. What's the number one thing that you think has attributed to your success? Yeah. Number one thing, definitely my network that I've built. I think that I still don't have all the knowledge in the world or really the most experience in the world, obviously. But the one thing that's helped me and propelled me is the people that I surround myself with because whatever they have, I don't necessarily need to have this second. So right now, my partner, he's been doing single family for 20 years now. One thing that he doesn't have that I have is a lot of time in my hands because I'm a young college student and he has a family. So you know, finding those similarities and those differences and seeing how you can add value to each other is kind of what I've leaned on the most. And just leaning on people with more experience and the things that I don't have has been the number one factor. Yep. What's been the biggest limiting belief you'd had to get over when you first started out? Yeah, there was a lot of them. I mean, when I was first getting started, kind of in that networking stage, like I talked about, I was 19. So at 19, I was picking up the phone and I just started networking with people. And I was super afraid that I I didn't see any possibility of me actually owning property at 19, 20, or 21. I just thought, number one, I'm too young. Just there wasn't really any much logic behind it, but just fear that I'm too young and that I don't have enough money or experience to get in. Those were like the top limiting beliefs. I think it's super common. And again, the the thing that helped me crush those limiting beliefs is the people that I surrounded myself with who kind of lifted me up and showed me that it's possible. And just, you obviously have to come in with some confidence, but when you surround yourself with those people, they bring the true confidence that you have in yourself right out of you. Talk about surrounding yourself with people who are already doing it or or people that lift you up. What did you do? How did you do it? What's some good advice and tips there for someone that's, you know, anywhere in their career, to be honest with you? Yeah, I have three strategies for anybody in any place of their career. So number one is podcasts. When I was first starting out and people who are still in it, and I'm, I'm still doing it, I listen to a ton of podcasts. What I did to start building my network and connect with those high level people is I'd actually reach out to every single podcast guest that was on the show that I was listening to. And I would just shoot them a message. Hey, I heard you on so-and-so's podcast, you know, throwing something personal. I love how you shared this or your story was admiring and see if you could just set up a, a 15 minute networking call with them. You know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, probably one or two a day. So you do that enough times, even if people aren't responding to you, it's a numbers game. You'll get people that respond and you'll be able to connect with high level people. So that's just one super simple way. You know, if you're already listening to a podcast, like the people are right now, well, double dip on it and not only get the education, but also get the networking out of it. So that was number one. 
The second thing I did was on bigger pockets, I would do pretty much the same type of strategy. I would look in my market. So I just typed in at the time, Orlando, Florida, and I would see everyone who's in the market and just start messaging people and just start connecting with people. Didn't really know where it was going to take me. And this was like way in the beginning, but I met some super awesome people, some that I still actually stay in contact with now. Just network with people, see what they're about, see how you can help each other. That's another great way on bigger pockets. And then the third final way is actually joining groups or Facebook groups. So tons of Facebook groups out there. I actually joined also a mastermind group, which I talked about a little bit before, which is more of a paid private group. Those are also awesome for networking, but even starting as something as a, as a Facebook group, those have been super beneficial as well. For masterminds, you can outlay quite a bit of money for those. Some cost thousands of dollars, some cost tens of thousands of dollars, some cost even hundreds of thousands of dollars. So tell us about your experience with a mastermind group. Was it worth it for you? And if so, or if not, why? Yeah, I think mastermind groups, obviously depending on the the one you join, are, are super helpful. I joined the Make It Happen Mastermind. And again, this was about six months into my real estate journey. So almost about a year ago from today. And the thing that's helped me with most is, like I said, the networking piece, which I think is the most important piece of it all. You can read all the books, go to you know everything, which I still do and I think are super important. But at the end of the day, being surrounded by people who have what you have and are doing what you're doing is the number one thing. So the group I joined was filled with people. It was also multifamily focused, but everyone was coming from a different part of really their life and their business. There were some people who were in the business full-time, some part-time, some were just wanting to be passive investors. So you really got every end of the spectrum that you really wanted in one group. And the best thing is everyone's there to help each other. And it's not like a big competition. You know, Common thinking is, oh, you're going after the same thing. Aren't you guys competing? Aren't you guys enemies? But realistically, it's the complete opposite. And if you look at it the opposite way, then you're in good shape because if you're there to help each other out, the pie is big enough for everybody. So that's been the biggest thing. Yeah, awesome. Well said. So how do you go about finding your deals? This market's absolutely insane right now. So what are some things that you're doing? Yeah, so I would say 90% of our deals are acquired off market, which means we're going directly to the seller and we're not waiting for any brokers or Zillow or any, any websites to give us the deals. We're going after them directly. So the main method we use is SMS campaigns, with it, which is just texting campaigns. And then we also follow that up with the phone call. So those have been the two strategies that we have used to find most of our deals. Are you following up with a phone call once you get a response or even before you get a response? So we basically text everybody out. And once we get responses that they're slightly interested, that they want an offer, something positive, then we'll jump on the phone to give them a call. Got it. Do you know what your conversion rates are on that? So how many people are you texting to get a response back? And then how many responses are you having to get in order to get a deal? Do you know those? Yeah. So we basically have it in 2000 text increments. So if we text out 2000 people, we'll get about 20% of them to respond. Wow. That's surprising that high. Now, I just want to say though, out of those people that actually respond, those include the FUs, the take me off your (laughs) list. We we don't have a way of tracking. Actually, we kind of do. I'll tell you that in a minute. So 20% response rate, it is good. We started at 10 and we kind of grew over time and, and see what messages fit. But I want to say open and honestly, a lot of those are F you, I don't want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. So out of those 20%, so that's 400 people, only about 10% of them, which is about 40 people are actually saying something that's nice or that sounds actually 
interest, you know, that they're actually interested. So about 40 out of those 2000 people actually say something positive. And then out of those 40 people, we could typically get one to three deals out of it. And it just depends because sometimes they'll, they'll text back something that sounds that they're interested, but they're really not. So out of those 40 people, realistically, one to three are something that we can make a deal out of. Yeah, awesome. I mean, that's 1%, right? Which is not a high number. This is a math, you know, it's a numbers game. Yeah. The more deals you underwrite, the more you reach out, the more you're going to get. I talk to some people sometimes that tell me they've underwritten 50 deals and they haven't gotten a deal yet. And it's frustrating. And here you are doing 2000 to get one. So I love that right. you're persistent with it. And you know, you know, your numbers too, right? Which is really important. If you don't know those numbers, then there's no way to track them, improve on things. So I love that. So thanks for sharing that. How did you go about perfecting, or maybe you're still perfecting your messaging on those text messages. Are you testing different ways to reach out or are you sticking with one message mainly? Yeah, we tested it out. And starting from the beginning, we kind of just threw a bunch of different templates at the wall to see what stuck. And what we found is the more simple you can be, the better. So our simplest templates honestly do the best for us and get the most people to respond. I don't have the exact message or I would share it if anyone reaches out as well, what, exactly what we say, but it's super simple of, you know, Hey, my name is Bailey. I'm looking to buy more property in the area. Are you interested in selling? I believe it's something like that. Again, if someone wants to reach out, I give the exact script we use, but yeah, we've tried it all with emojis, not emojis with, you know, trying to add some humor in there. Not what we found is ultimately just keep it simple. Don't try to trick them and saying, you know, I have a great opportunity for you. Call me. My name is Bailey. Give me a call. We just keep it plain and simple. Tell them what we're doing. And if they're interested and it kind of clicks with them, then we've seen them respond. Okay. And are you doing all this by yourself or do you have virtual assistants or other team members that are helping you execute? Yeah. So we use virtual assistants and I also have a partner. So basically how our, our system and our, and our flow looks is on the front end, we have our, we have a VA from the Philippines who does all of our texting for us. So she manages the texting campaign, sending them out, responding. When someone responds and says something positive to her, she'll then push that person to our CRM, which is Podio. And so she'll push about, again, those 40 people out of those 2000 that respond to our Podio system. From there, we'll actually have a cold caller as well. He's also a virtual assistant. He's from Egypt. Our texter is from the Philippines. And he'll basically just pre-qualify the leads. So he'll ask questions like the condition of the house, why they want to sell, how much they want to sell for, just gathering the basic information. And then if it sounds, you know, once he has that, he'll push it to either myself or my partner. We'll look at the deal and then we'll kind of take it from there, either underwriting the deal on the spot, giving the homeowner a call back to ask further questions. And then we'll kind of take it on the back end from there. Awesome. Love that system. All right, Lolita is going to take us into our final four questions. Are you ready? Let's do it. Choosing the right insurance coverage for multifamily properties isn't that complicated, if you know who to talk to. At the Garzella Group, we're uniquely qualified to help you navigate the range of policy choices you have, and we're committed to saving you 30% in the process. We do intensive market research and have nationwide relationships so we can find coverage other insurance brokers simply can't. We should talk. Go to quotenow.biz and we'll start the conversation. All 
right, here we go, Bailey. What is the one tool you use in real estate investing that you could not do without? Yeah, the one tool, I would say PropStream. That's where we get all of our data, all of our lists that we pull. PropStream's our number one data resource. Can you tell us a story about maybe one of your biggest mistakes so far in real estate investing? And what's the main takeaway for our listeners? Yeah, if I had to narrow it down to one mistake, I would say (laughs) getting into real estate, really focusing on the why you're doing it and not like the, oh, for my family or oh, for my friend, more of the what actual reason do you want to invest in real estate? If you want passive cash flow, then maybe just being a limited partner is good for you. If you want to, you know, be more active, then you'll know that you'll be a, a general partner or, or an active investor. And then even breaking that down to, okay, should you do fix and flips or should you just do rentals? So just figuring out actually what you want to do and why you want to do it is the number one thing. I made a little slip up in it in the beginning of kind of just chasing the shiny object and the big numbers. Mm-hmm. But really when I broke it down and said, okay, I can't just be a passive investor because I don't have the money for that. And multifamily doesn't fit my goals right this second. So once I kind of narrowed that down, it kind of made it easy for me to say, okay, single family, fix and flips and Airbnbs make the most sense for me. Yeah, that's great advice. What is it that you need to do now to grow your life to the next level? Yeah. The thing that's going to keep raising me up is again, the people I'm surrounded with. So I'm always leveling up the my network which I ultimately think is going to take me to the next level in real estate and business and entrepreneurship. So just keep surrounding myself with those people and and keep growing my network and building relationships. Awesome. And finally, Bailey, where can people find out more about you? Yeah, best way. I'm pretty much on all the the social medias, Instagram. That's probably the easiest one, the underscore Bailey underscore Kramer. You can check me out there. I also have links in my bio to my other social medias where you can connect with me there as well. Great. Thanks for the great talk, Bailey, and spending some time with our listeners today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks, Thanks. Bailey. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to iTunes and leave a rating and written review to help us grow and reach more listeners. You can also go to the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate group on Facebook so you can connect with Kyle and Lolita and ask your questions that you want them to answer on the show. Subscribe too, so that you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, to stay updated, head on over to aptcapitalgroup.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with Kyle and Lolita, sign up on the Contact Us page so you can talk to them directly. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode.